Hey guys, this is Anna. So before we get today, get on with the show today, let's hear from our sponsor. Hey everybody, this is the Ramblings of a Transgender Christian. I am your host, Anna Hudak. So today we are continuing on with our series, Socialism and the Churches. Um, so basically what we are doing is we are going through this 1905 article by Rosa Luxemburg, um, which is called uh, Socialism and the Churches. And basically, it's all about <clears throat> how back in 1905, during in Tsarist Russia, um, the church was one of the strongest advocates for the Tsarist government. How they frequently would speak out against the proletariat and tell the proletariat that they needed to just suffer. That it was good for them to just, you know, basically be slaves to the government. Into the bourgeoisie. And so Rosa is basically exploring that, uh, how and why um, this is so, you know. Um, basically, like, how did the church become in bed with power? How did the church become some of the great, one of the strongest propagandist arms for? the powerful, the rich, the elite, the bourgeoisie, instead of, you know, lifting up the oppressed as, you know, it's supposed to be. You know, like the Bible talks about lifting up the oppressed, you know. Um, why isn't the church this way? And so it's a very fascinating article. And so we are today going over part three. But before we get to that, um, I do want to quickly uh, do a quick mention that uh, if you run a blog, a uh, podcast, a YouTube channel, or whatever, you know, just some content creator out there, I would love to run advertisements for your content. Um, I want to be able to move away from monetary ads, uh, but I also do want to be able to support other smaller creators. So, you know, I have an audio, audio and a visual version of this podcast. Um, so you can make an audio or a video or both uh, ver uh, ad for your thing, whatever you run, but like again, like podcast or YouTube channel or whatever, you know. Um, I'd love to advertise for you on this show. So, anywho, that is uh, just you know, contact me. Uh, contact information is in the show notes or the YouTube description. Anywho. That being said, let's uh, dive right into part three. Once again, like usual, you can find a link to the article that we're going over in the show notes or YouTube description so you can read along or read ahead or whatever. So, this is um, how it starts, uh, part three. Thus, the Christians of the first and second centuries were fervent supporters of communism. But this communism was based on the consumption of finished products, and not on work, and proved itself incapable of reforming society, of putting an end to the inequality between men and throwing down the barrier that which separated rich from poor. For exactly as before, the riches created by labor came back to a restricted group of possessors, because the means of production, especially the land, remained individual property. Because the labor for the whole society was furnished by the slaves. The people, deprived of means of substance, substance uh, only received only alms, 
according to the good pleasures of the rich. In other words, basically, this was doomed, this early communism was doomed to fail. It couldn't last. Not because it was communism, which is, you know, what many right-wingers like to say and pretend. That's bullshit. Uh, the reason is strictly because... I mean, what, what were these early Christians supposed to do? They had literally nothing, for the most part, except for the rich ones. Because that's how society was set up. The only ones who labored were slaves. The only ones who made anything off of that labor were the rich people. So if you weren't in one of those two classes, I mean, basically all you could do was sit in the streets all day and hope that, you know, and basically, as the honest beg that maybe, you know, the rich, some rich person would, you know, give you a little bit of money so you could get some food. You know, and pretty much, you know, the main way that people survived was whenever the government you know, uh, was kind enough to share some of the food from its uh, storehouses, you know, then they would get some food to eat, you know, and that's basically how, how it worked, you know, is whenever in the good graces of the government, they decided to open up their warehouses and get some food, you know, a, a small amount of food to the poor. That's when, you know, basically how you survived. But, you know, these, if you like decided you didn't really have a house, you didn't, you know, you, you had nothing. The only people who had anything were the rich. The only people who labored were the poor. So there, there could not be a revolution of the proletariat, you know. And when the slaves did try to revolt, they got brutally put down. Because, well, I mean, you know, and especially especially because the hardest part was even being able to create solidarity between the slaves because, well, they never got to interact with each other. The fact is, society was built in a way, it's basically... There was almost no way, I mean, reforming society was practically impossible. The fact that society did change the reform is actually, frankly, quite amazing. Um, but yeah, I mean, these Christians, there, there was no way for them to reform society this way because they had no power. Uh, nobody had anything except for the few rich people who were part of Christianity. And they would only give whenever they basically... Whenever we were kind of forced to, or if they were, you know, were kind of hurt that day. You know, and especially when these early Christians did not teach violence, you know, they were quite peaceful. I mean, there was no way for them to reform society. This, you can't reform society when your, when your version of communism is based off of strictly receiving. When you aren't producing when you are in, uh, producing anything of, of yourself, not because you don't want to, but because you actually can't, because there is no opportunity for you to create for yourself a better life. There is no opportunity for you to labor. There is no opportunity for you to sustain on your own, to share your own wealth. When you, when everyone is strictly reliant on a few. Whereas modern communism is based off of the proletariat, that is, the working class. That, let's be honest, if you're in society, you're probably working. Uh, 
Not because he probably not necessarily because he want to. I mean, a lot of people do have jobs that they absolutely adore, but because if you don't, you're gonna starve and you're gonna be freezing on the streets. You know. And we do have power. It's just that we don't wield it because we are so brainwashed and downtrodden by the bourgeoisie, by the propagandist class. You know, we are the ones who had the power in society. We are the laborers. We are the ones that keep society moving and going. Back then, that was not the case. Back then, the, the Christians had nothing. They had absolutely no power. Today, we do have all the power. But once again, we just don't exercise it because we have been so downtrodden. We have been propagandized to so much that many of us don't even recognize the power we have or we believe that the way that things are going is fine, and you know, but this is the way it's supposed to work. So this is a very different situation. You know, back then, it, it was a project that was doomed to fail. Not because of anything that they did wrong, but because of society and how it was constructed, especially with the elites. Anywho, continuing on. While some, a handful in proportion to the mass of the people, possess exclusively for their own use all of the arable lands, forests, and pastures, farm animals and farm buildings, all the workshops, tools, and materials of production, the others, the immense majority, possess nothing at all that is indispensable in production. There can be no question whatever of equality between men. In such conditions, society evidently finds itself divided into two classes, the rich and the poor, those of luxury and poverty. Suppose, for example, that the rich proprietors, influenced by the Christian doctrine, offered to share up between the people the riches which they possessed in the form of money, cereals, fruit, clothing, and animals. What would the result be? Poverty would disappear for several weeks, and during this the time the populace would be able to feed and clothe themselves. But the finished products are quickly used up. After a short lapse of time, the people, having consumed and distributed which riches, would once again have empty hands. The proprietors of the land and the instruments of production could produce more thanks to the labor power provided by the slaves, so nothing would be changed. So in other words, back then, if the rich, you know, so constantly today, what is something that we constantly talk about and accurately point out? If the rich were to basically give up, you know, not even all of her wealth, in fact, in many cases, not even half of her wealth, you know, just a good chunk of her wealth. Look how many problems could be solved. We could solve, uh, you know, hunger. We could solve the, you know, the clean water crisis, you know. Uh, you know, we, we could solve so many of these problems, you know. We could have universal health care. But the thing is, it would work. It would be sustainable. Uh, just because we also produce things ourselves. We are producers. You know, we already have some things on our own. We are capable to, of, to an extent, surviving on our own. To an extent, you know. So the rich, all they're really doing is just basically giving money to ensure a baseline level of humanity, really. You know, 
of basic rights, you know, ensuring that, you know, everyone has at least some access to food, you know, that we have access to health care, you know, we have access to education, and it's also, you know, on us if we want to, to make our lives even better, you know, because basically it's just a baseline, what we are demanding right now, just a baseline. And the reason we can demand just a baseline is because we already are producing for ourselves. We do receive some wage, you know. Not enough, but we do release, at least receive some wages. We do have some property. Back then, there was none of that. They couldn't produce anything for themselves. They had to rely strictly on the rich. They had nothing. So once the rich gave away everything that they had, well, guess what? Might be good for about a week or two, but then once that's dried up, what, what do you have? You, you're back to having literally nothing. That's not a problem we have in today's society, or would not have. Um, once we were to institute communism today, All right, but continuing on, um, let's see, uh, well, here's why the, okay, sorry, let me try this again. Well, here's why the social democrats consider these things differently from the recurrence of inequality between men. Oh, wait, wait, All right, I am, I screwed that up, I'm sorry. I lost track where I was. Well, here's why the Social Democrats consider these things differently from the Christian Communists. They say, We do not want the rich to share with the poor. We do not want to charity our alms, neither being able to prevent the recurrence of inequality between men. It is by no means a sharing out between the rich and the poor which we demand, but the complete suppression of rich and the poor. This is possible on the condition that the source of all wealth the land, in common with all the other means of production and insurance of work, shall become the collective property of the working people, which will produce for itself according to the needs of each. The early Christians believed that they could, if they could, that they could remedy the poverty of the proletariat by means of the rich is offered by the possessors. How it would be to draw water in a sieve. Christian communism was not only incapable of changing or improving the economic situation, and it did not last. So basically, what we are demanding now is for everything to be collective property. You know? Um, and so this is kind of where, you know, you see kind of some of the differences between uh, the forms of Marxism, socialism, communism. You know? Um, okay, no, we're not going to go into that. Screw it. It's going to have nothing to do with it. We're not, we're going to, we're going to leave that out of this. Um, going to go down a whole other path that we don't need to go down to. But basically, you know, it's, you know, it's literally going to be what we are fighting for is to everyone according to his ability, you know, according to his need, you know, or however that quote goes. I'm sorry, I don't remember exactly the quote going, but it's like saying like, from according to each, each's ability, according to his need, to each according to his need. But basically, you know, whatever it is that you need is going to be provided, you know. Um, you know, like, you know, if you're single, you know, you probably don't need quite as much as, you know, a family of five, you know, so like, you know, if you're like single like me, you, all you really need, probably need is, you know, 
a like a one room apartment, you know, or a very small house. You know, you don't need, you know, a, you know, three, four bedroom house, you know, because it's the community's property, you know, everything will be democratically distributed, you know, according to what it is that you need, you know. Still possible to make a better life for yourself, you know, but, you know, to an extent, but let's be honest, when everything is the community's property, and you already have everything you need, well, and anything that you basically make is going to be redistributed in some way, you know, for the most part, you know, outside of the basics that you need, you know. I don't know. I, I'm probably not making any sense, so let's... Yeah. Let's just move on. I'm not making any sense. Not good exp uh, explaining a lot of this stuff, I recognize, so... Need to get better at that. Um... Anyway. At the beginning, when the followers of the New Savior constituted only a small group in Roman society... The sharing of common stock, the meals in common, and the living under the same roof were practic practicable. Um, but as the number of Christians spread over the territory of the empire, this communal life of its adherents became more difficult. Soon there disappeared the custom of common meals and the division of goods took on a different aspect. The Christians no longer lived like one family. Each one took charge of its own property and they no longer offered the whole of her goods to the community only to superfluity. Oh, kind of like, uh, capitalism today. You only gave, uh, the superfluous part, you know, the, the extra, the little extra that you got. If you feel like it. You know? No pressure. You know? Even in most Christians, yeah, it's pretty much every Christian community. You know, uh, we often only give, you know, a little bit extra, you know. Hey, you know, I, you know, I was easily able to pay off my bills, get my food, you know. I got, you know, a decent chunk of change, you know, once you also add, you know, pay for your Netflix and Spotify. I'll give that what's left over, you know, to the community, to the church, you know, to the rescue mission, to, you know, that poor family down the street, you know. I'll give what's that left over, you know. Ignoring the fact that's not what God commanded us to do, and he kind of commanded us to give it all, you know, because um, he would provide for us, you know, uh, but, you know, let's ignore that. Um, and I want to make it clear, I'm not judging. Believe me, I struggle with the same thing myself. So many times, and I think saying, like, no, Uncle, I can't give this money, because if I do, I'm screwed. You know? And believe me, I, I understand. Very human emotion. I struggle with that too. The trick is not giving into that emotion, you know, and giving anyway. The radical giving, you could say, you know. Just giving despite the how much you can get screwed over for it. And just trusting in God to provide. Because guess what? If you feel God telling you to provide for, you know, I don't know, to donate to some ministry, to, you know, give some money, give, give away the last bit of food or money you have to 
something, you know, some family or person you know who needs it more, and you do it, God's going to provide for you. I guarantee it. Because believe me, I've seen it in my own life. I have done it. You know? Um, you know, like, I'm not going to probably go into too many details, but, you know, back when I was homeless, you know, um, and jobless, you know, there were people, you know, at the homeless shelter, I say that, who were even worse off than I was. You know, they had even less than I did. You know, and I was homeless, you know. I only had whatever I could carry with me, you know. You know, but there was people who were even worse off than I was. You know, such as, you know, there were some disabled people who genuinely could not work. You know, they had no money at all. They had nothing. And, you know, I had pretty much no money. And, you know, and I remember God just telling me, you know, several occasions, you know, an equation, especially one that really sticks out to my mind. I know you only got seven bucks. But you're going to give that seven bucks to buy them this thing that they need. So I did it. And yeah, I was fucking terrified. I'm not going to lie. I was beyond terrified, you know, like, God, um, I'm broke now. I don't got a job. What, what, what am I supposed to do? And you know what? You know, I remember walking, you know, taking a walk. You know? And just crying. You know, literally crying. Because, like, God, I'm broke. I don't know what to do. I trusted in you. You know, it's been a bit I without any money. How am I supposed to do this, dear God? I can't pay off my phone bill. Can't afford gas to go anywhere. I mean, not if I could go anywhere. The shelter wouldn't let me, but, you know. What am I supposed to do? And you know what? He provided. In a big fucking way. A way I definitely did not expect. That was one of the happiest moments of my life. Basically, what I'm saying is, just give. You know, and you know, I don't care if other people are telling you that's reckless, that's stupid, don't do that. Just do it. God will provide. You were doing it to serve God. He's gonna provide for you. Cause believe me, I went broke helping other people. While I was homeless, who were also homeless, you know, to give them what they needed. If God could provide for me in that situation, He can provide for you. You listening, who chances are probably has a job, you know, and all that stuff, you know, especially considering, you know, the average demographics listening to me. Let's be honest, you probably have a job, you're probably making it by. If guy can provide for me, you know, when, especially when I was homeless and broke and no job and jobless, you know, I'm still jobless, but you know, my man names all of those things combined. He can provide for you who's probably making it by, you know. 
not saying you need to go broke out of it. I, I would make that clear, but God's going to provide is what I'm saying. And so I think it's, it's just so distressing, you know, not only seeing, you know, not only just seeing in the broader Christian community, you know, just getting out of, you know, what the leftovers, you know, basically just giving the leftovers. But, you know, even in myself, because once again, I do struggle with that. Even to this day, when I've done it and seen God provide, I still struggle with this. You know, and it doesn't help because there are a lot of people around me who tell me that's stupid, that's reckless, you know. But even in my own mind, it's like, God's not going to provide for you. That was a one-off thing, you know. What you're doing is stupid. You should really just, you know, you need to look after yourself, you know. Look after yourself, you know. I think God understands, you know. These are things that I tell myself that play in my mind. You know? And yeah, it's scary. It is fucking terrifying to go out walking out in faith. You know? A few weeks ago, you know, there was a neighbor who was telling you that she was desperate for food. You know? Uh, or later I'll find out, you know, she wasn't. But, you know, and I had very little food. I really did not. I had next to nothing. But, you know, and I was just like, and I felt God saying, oh, you know. And I just felt like, I don't know if it was God, but it, it probably was, you know. But, like, I just felt this urge, like, you gotta give. Like, but I guess I'm thinking, nah, nah. If I give, I'm gonna be starving. I gotta look after myself. You know, and I sat there wrestling with myself, you know. For probably a good solid five minutes before it's like, okay, fine, I'll fucking give. You know, I just, I'm gonna trust God to provide. You know, and even if I have to go hungry for, you know, a day or two, you know what, I'm used to it. I can go 24 plus hours without eating pretty easily now. It's not something that's new to me. So fuck it, I'll do it. So, you know, I grabbed, you know, about half my, you know, a good chunk of my food. I about close to half the food I had, you know, which to be fair, was not very much. I was like, I offered it to him. As it turned out, we really weren't desperate for food. They just really wanted cabbage because so they could go to... Um, Popeyes for quote unquote real food because you know Popeyes fast food chicken restaurant is quote unquote real food when despite the fact I guarantee you a lot of the stuff that makes up that quote unquote food is not real product you know it's not like stuff that's supposed to go in food you know but still you know you know I still you know did that, you know, like, in faith, you know, once again, though, my initial reaction, you know, and for, uh, you know, a little bit there was, nuh-uh, I ain't doing it, God understands. God ain't gonna be mad at me if I, you know, look out for myself. So believe me, I understand the struggle. I do it all the time myself. So no judgment at all. But it said, we as a church need to work on not doing this out of our, you know, superfluity, you know, out of our superfluity, you know, not giving out of the extras that we, the extra that we have, you know, and that's what happened back then, you know, as they stopped being more, as they, you know, moved away from being communal, they just started giving out of the extra that they had, you know, it's not like that parable that Jesus told, you know, 
of the rich man of all the big bags of money. I mean, there was that, you know, widow who gave the last queen she had. You know, the rich man was just giving out of the extra that he had. That lady, you know, that little lady, you know, that widow or whatever, was giving all that she had. And who did Jesus commend? The widow. And we see that Christian's really sort of moving on towards, you know, becoming more like the rich man. As Christianity spread. Rather than, you know, living communally, everything together, you know. But, you know, I can't judge them. Once again, I struggle with the same thing myself. I absolutely do. I am not above them one fucking bit. You know, and there has been many times where I felt God telling me to give, but it's like, God, if I give this, what am I going to have left for myself? I need to look after myself. And you know, I didn't give. I'm going to be judged, be held to account for that someday. You know, this is a great, just normal human struggle. I think a lot of it is because if I'm thinking, we're, if, if we're really being honest, I don't think we really have as quite as much faith in God as a lot of us like to pretend we do. Because if we did, all of our lives would look a whole lot different than they do. Just saying. And that includes my life. Believe me, my life would look a whole lot different if I actually trusted in God. If I had faith in Him. But I don't. Because I am a faithless little weakling. Anywho, let's move on. Um, let me see where we're going. Um, let's see, okay. Thus in the very heart of Christian communism appeared the difference between the rich and the poor. A difference analogous to that which reigned in the Roman Empire and against which the early Christians had fought. Soon it was only the poor Christians and the proletarian ones who took part in the communal meals. The rich, having offered a part of her plenty, held themselves apart. The poor lived from the alms tossed to them by the rich, and society again became what it had been. The Christians had changed nothing. Let's be honest, looks like a lot of Christian uh, societies today, you know. Go to your church. Chances are, if it's a middle-class church, you probably don't have too many rich people there. If you go to a poor church, probably not too many middle-class or rich people there. If you go to a rich church, probably not seeing too many middle-class or poor people there. Kind of the same way today, even in our own churches. That's a society. Society, you don't have to, you know, just be honest, you, 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 you you don't have to bend this society along to figure that out. But even but in our own churches, you can see the same thing. And that's honestly probably the biggest shame of it all. Continuing on. The fathers of the church struggled for a long time. Yet, with burning words against this penetration of social inequality into the Christian community, scourging the rich and exhorting them to return to the communism of the early apostles. 
St. Basil in the 4th century after Christ preached thus against the rich. Wretches, how will you justify yourselves before the heavenly judge? You say to me, what is our fault? What we keep what belongs to us. I ask you, how did you get that which you called your property? How did the possessors become rich, if not by taking possession of things belong to all? If everyone took only what he strictly needed, leaving the rest to others, there would be neither rich nor poor. Yeah. I mean, what did he say that was wrong? <laughs> I mean, in there, I mean... I really don't know what to say for comments on that, to be honest. Um, so let's move on. It was St. John Chrysostom, Patriarch of Constantinople, born at Antioch in 347, died in Armenia in 407, who preached most ardently to the Christians, um, to the Christians, the return to the first communism of the apostles. This celebrated preacher in his 11th homily on the Acts of the Apostles said, And there was a great charity among them, the apostles. None was poor among them. No, none was none considered as being as being what belong, his what belonged to him. All their riches were in common. A great charity was in all of them. This charity consisted in that there were no poor among them, so much as it as did those who had possessions hasten to strip themselves of them. You know, I had a comment here. One of the great propagandist lies against communism today is. You know, if you take all the riches from the rich, you know, um, if you eliminate the rich, that means everyone is poor. You know, that's the great lie. If you have a push, is that's one of our greatest propagandist lines, you know. If no one is rich, then everyone is poor. Which I think is just blatantly bullshit because... Which it, what inherently happens, if I don't know, you redistribute everything among each other, is that everyone has a baseline standard of living, a baseline standard of humanity. How can that be poor? How can one be poor if they have a baseline of humanity? If we're being fed, if we're being taken care of health-wise, if they have a roof over their heads, if they're not forced into labor that is unwanted, because otherwise they will starve, how can that be poor? Because today, our poor doesn't have any of that. That's what makes them poor. They have no baseline of humanity. And let's be honest, they have none. Many of them don't get fed. They don't have a roof over their heads. They don't get taken care of in the healthcare system. They have nothing. So now, this notion that everyone is going to be poor is fucking bullshit. Because everyone will have the same baseline of respect, of being taken care of. That is not poor. 
And let's be honest, you're going to be taking care of society will be a hell of a lot better for everyone. Sure, will it be perfect? Fuck no. A human system could never be perfect. It's a hell of a lot better than what we have today. Where even the working class can't, can't often get just basic ass food or health care. Anyway, continuing on. They, they not divide their fortunes into two parts, giving one and keeping the other back. They gave what they had. There was no inequality be, between them. They all lived in great abundance. Everything was done with the greatest reverence. What they gave was not passed from the hand of the giver to that of the recipient, for gifts were without ostination. They brought their food goods to the feet of the apostles who became the controllers and masters of them, and who used them from then on as the goods of the community and no longer as the property of individuals. By that means, they cut short any attempt to get vainglory. Ah, what have they, why have these traditions been lost? Rich and poor, we should all profit from these pious usages, and we should both feel the same pleasure from conforming to them. The rich would not impoverish themselves when laying down for possessions, and the rich would be enriched. The poor would be enriched. But let us try to give an exact idea of what should be done. Now, let us suppose, and neither rich nor poor should be alarmed, for I am just supposing. Let us suppose that we sell all that belongs to us and put the proceeds into a common pool. What sums of gold would be piled up? I cannot say exactly how much I would make, but if, among, if all among us, without distinction between the sexes, were to bring here for treasures, if it were to sell our fields, our properties, our houses, I do not speak of slaves, for there were none in the Christian community, and those who were very, and those who were there became free. Perhaps I say, if everyone did the same, would we reach hundreds of thousands of pounds of gold, millions enormous values? Well, how much? How many people do you think are living in the city? How many Christians? Would you agree there are 100,000? The rest being made up of Jews and Gentiles? How many should we not unite together? Now if you count up the poor, what do you find? 50,000 needy people at the most? How, what would be needed to feed them each day? I estimate the expense would not be excessive. If the supply and the eating of the food were organized in common. Um, once again, you know, uh, providing what it is that it is needed, you know, not providing, you know, a superfluity to anyone, you know, what is it that you need? You know, what is it that you need to survive, you know, to give you, you know, some humanity, you know, um, continuing on. You will say, perhaps, but what will become of us when these goods are used up? So what? Would that ever happen? Would not the grace of God be a thousand times abundant? Would we not be a making of heaven on earth? True. God provides to those who are gracious and giving. If you give, God will give back. Anyway, so now Rosa... Continues her commentary, um, in the, as opposed to quoting, um, what was his name? St. John. So this is Rosa now again. 
If formerly the community of goods existed from um, existed among three to five thousand faithful and had such good results and did away with poverty amidst them, what would not be the result as a... Oh, I guess John is continuing. Never mind. Sorry. This is not Rosa. This is John continuing. Um, if formerly this community of goods existed among three to five thousand faithful and had such good results and did away with poverty amidst them, what would not result in such a great multitude as this? And among the pagans themselves, who would not hasten to increase the common treasure? Wealth which is owned by a number of people is more is much more easily and quickly spent. The diffusion of ownership is the cause of poverty. You know, if we kind of fight us today, you know, think of these, you know, rich CEOs like Jeff Bezos, you know. I mean, think of how much fucking money he has, you know. You know, if you were to give away everything he has now, people would be like, oh, but, you know, there's no more wealth to distribute. But guess what? You know, he's still making how much from Amazon? People are buying how much from Amazon? You think he's ever going to get run out of money to give away to people? Come on. Come on. If you're producing, if you are a producer, you know, like, you are, you know, like, especially today when we don't, you know, when we had the proletariat, you know, just about everyone's working and producing wealth in society in some way. Really think that this is a problem people running out? Especially when we have things such as, you know, Etsy and eBay where you can make things on your own and sell them. Like, come on, people. Come on. Anyway, continuing on. Let us take an example, a household composed of a husband, a wife, and ten children. The wife being occupied in weaving tool, um, sorry, weaving wool. The husband in bringing in the wages of his work outside. Tell me in which case this family would spend more if they lived together in common or lived separately. Obviously, if they lived separately. Ten houses, ten tables, ten servants, and ten special allowances would be needed for the children if they were separated. What do you do, indeed, if you have many slaves? Is it not true that in order to keep expenses down, you feed them at a common table? The division is a cause of impoverishment. Concord and a unity of wills is a cause of the riches. So yeah, you know, if everyone is together, you know, you don't need quite as much, you know. Just look at a lot of these societies, especially like Asian societies or, uh, you know, like uh, in China where, you know, generations of a family live together. They don't need quite as much to get by as, you know, the average American family. There's just, you know, a few people, you know, and they kind of break off. You know, I have a friend, you know, who's Hispanic. Pretty the whole family lives together. Generations. Tell you for a fact, you know, it doesn't require quite as much, you know, for them to survive as it does for, like, my family, for example. Because we're all living in community. Everything is, you know, I mean, it's not like, you know, all, every single person's property is, you know, each hovers, but, you know, for, you know, as they work, you know. Whether it's the chores or outside jobs, you know, the money that's brought in is for the benefit of everyone.
It's not just your money. It's the fan, the community or the family's money. You know, the semi-generational, you know, the several generations of families, well, Continuing on, the division is a cause of impoverishment. Concord and unity of wills is a cause of riches. In the monasteries, they still live as the early church. And who dies of hunger there? Who has not found enough to eat there? Yet the men of our times fear living that way more than they fall, fear falling into the sea. Why have we not tried it? We would fear it less. What a good act that would be if a few of the faithful, hardly 8,000 dared in the face of a whole world where they have nothing but enemies to make a courageous attempt to live in common without any outside help, how much more could we do it today now that there are Christians throughout the whole world? Would there remain one single Gentile? Not one. I believe we would attract them all and win them to us. Let's be honest. St. John is completely fucking correct. Um, anyway, continuing on. These ardent sermons of St. John Chrysostom were in vain. Men no longer tried to establish communism either at Constantinople or anywhere else. At the same time as Christianity expanded and became, at Rome after the 4th century, the dominant religion, the faithful went further and further away from the example of the first apostles. Even within the Christian community itself, the inequality of goods between the faithful increased. Yeah. I mean, just once again, look at our own society, you know, even within our own churches and just how our own churches are divided by class. Again, and sorry, continuing on. Again, in the 6th century, Gregory the Great said, It is by no means enough not to steal the property of others. You are in error if you keep to yourself the wealth which God has created for all. He who does not give to others what he possesses is a murderer, a killer, when he keeps for his own use what would provide for the poor. One can say that he has slain all those who could have lived from its plenty when we share with those who are suffering. Um, we do not give what belongs to us, but what belongs to them. That is not an act of pity, but the payment of a debt. These appeals remain fruitless, but the fault was by no means with the Christians of those days, who were indeed more responsive to the words of the fathers of the church than are the Christians of today. This was not the first time in the history of humanity that economic conditions have shown themselves to be stronger than fine speeches. The communism, this community of the consumption of goods, which the early Christians proclaimed, could not be brought into existence without the communal labor of the whole population on the land as community property, as well in the communal workshops. At the period of uh, the early Christians, it was impossible to inaugurate communal labor with communal means of production, because as we have already stated, the labor rested not upon free men, but upon the slaves who lived on the edge of society. Christianity did not undertake to abolish the inequality between the labor of different men, nor between their property. And that is why its efforts to suppress the unequal distribution of consumption goods did not work. The voices of the fathers of the church proclaiming communism found no echo. Besides, these voices soon became less and less frequent and finally fell silent altogether. The fathers of the church ceased to preach the community and the dividing up of the goods, 
because the growth of the Christian community produced fundamental changes within the church itself. Anyway, that is everything we got for today. That is the end of part three of her article. Uh, next Thursday, we'll go over uh, part four. Anyway, if you want to hear uh, these episodes early, Thursday episodes, you get to hear a whole week early and ad-free. Support the show on Patreon, Ko-Fi, and, or subscribe, Star. Um, otherwise, I would love to hear from you all. I love hearing from listeners of the show for any reason. Love y'all. Um, and yeah, um, hope you enjoyed the episode today. Have a wonderful day. Peace.